In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gospel reading this morning is a familiar story. There's nothing particularly under the surface here, no secret meaning revealed by the Greek New Testament or by diving into the Jewish backgrounds. What we have, rather, is a simple story of Jesus healing ten lepers while he is on his way to Jerusalem, and instead of all of them returning back to him to give praise to God, only one does, a Samaritan, whom Jesus calls a foreigner. Luke tells the story like this. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem when he met ten lepers who stood at a distance. Ten, yes. Who stood at a distance and called to him. They call him by name. And then they call him master. But note, this isn't the word kurios, the typical word for master or lord in the New Testament. It's epistates, here translated as master, typically an administrative title. The lepers lift up their voice and cry, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Luke writes, And when he saw them, he said to them, Go, and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. All ten are healed, but only one leper returns. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And then, Luke adds, now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Luke's emphasis here is clearly on the attitude of the outsider, those outside The people of God are responding appropriately to Jesus, while those on the inside are not. And there's a whole host of directions that we could go from this point. But what I want us to reflect on this morning is this question. Why do you think the nine didn't return and give praise to God? Why didn't they come back to Jesus and give him thanks? Keep in mind as you reflect on this question that these are the people of God, not outsiders, not pagans. These nine who failed to return are the people of God just like you and me. And when God intervened in their life, They didn't come back to Jesus and give him thanks. 
They went on their way. They did their own thing. We can make some guesses about why they didn't come back. Maybe, maybe they were just doing what they were told. Jesus didn't command them to make sure they came back to him and give him thanks. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they were so focused on being obedient, on doing the right thing, on doing their duty, that they forgot to come back to Jesus and give him thanks. Or maybe they were so excited about what had happened to them that thanking Jesus just simply slipped their mind. These are people who were outcasts in their own society, separated and cut off from their family and friends, and suddenly they're healed. They're made right. They're made whole. And maybe their first thought is to run back to their family and friends and share the news of their healing with them. I can come home. The relationship that was fractured can be restored and made new. Maybe in their excitement, in their joy, they forgot to go back to Jesus, to turn back to Jesus and give him thanks. Or maybe Jesus was such a controversial figure at this point that they didn't want to be associated with him, at least not publicly. Maybe they wanted to be involved with Jesus sort of just enough, just enough to get from him what they needed. And then they were ready to move on, ready to go back to their life as it once was. They came to him, They got what they needed, they got what they wanted, and now they're perfectly happy to keep him at an arm's distance. All of these are just guesses. Luke doesn't tell us why the nine don't return. And I suspect Luke has left this open-ended because it invites us to place ourselves in their shoes and reflect on all the times in our own lives where we have failed Come back to Jesus and give him thanks. It's easy for us, I suspect, to give thanks to God for the big things, which is what makes the lepers' failure to turn back to Jesus so startling. If we got a clean bill of health from the doctor, doctor, yeah. Like when the doctor called me and said, hey, uh, we examined what we cut out of your back and we got all the cancer, it's all gone. For many of us, that, that moment is it's our natural reaction to just thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. The big thing sort of, it's a natural, easy reaction. But in Christian theology, we don't say that only the big things in our lives come from God. We say, we claim that everything we have, every breath we take, every meal we eat, I'm trying not to slide into a a sting song here, every breath we take, every meal we eat, every dollar in our bank account, 
Everything, everything comes from God. In fact, I hope you all are paying attention because we affirm this practically every Sunday. The celebrant prays, the celebrant prays, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. All things come from you, O Lord, and of your own have we given you. This prayer immediately follows after the bread and wine are placed on the table because the bread and wine are part of the people's offering back to God. But this is also typically the time in which the offering plate is passed around, something we don't do here. But these words, this prayer, are meant to signify that your gifts to the church in whatever form are one, a means of thanking God for all that He's done, for all the goodness in your life, and two, that they are an act of giving back to God what was already His all along. Because all things, everything we have, comes from Him. This is why Paul can say in Ephesians that Christians should be giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do those words sound familiar? (laughs) It is right and good always and everywhere to give you thanks. Father Almighty, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we say this every Sunday. Of course, we know this. If I sat any of you down and said, hey, does everything you have come from God? You'd say, of course. Of course, Father. We are, there's something about um, faith in the culture of churches that we are trained to give the right answer whether or not we actually believe it which we do that to our own detriment because it means it's really hard to know what's actually going on in someone's heart because we're just trained to give the right answer we're not trained to answer honestly we're trained to give the answer that keeps us in the community that keeps us as a member of that group we know this But believing it is something different. Genuine thankfulness, the kind that results in praise to God for everything that we have in our lives, begins with believing, understanding, truly, that everything we have is from God. There is no good in your life that does not come from God the Father and is not redeemed by God the Son. So our attitude as Christians, once we wrap our heads around this thought, ought to be one of constantly, always, coming back to God and giving Him thanks 
in the name of Jesus Christ for everything good that we have in our lives. Amen. Amen. There are many reasons we might not do this always and for everything. Maybe, maybe we're too busy dutifully going about our lives to come back to Jesus and give thanks. We're too busy doing the right thing, fighting for our family, serving the church, too busy doing all the right things to come back to Jesus and give thanks. Or maybe, maybe there's so many exciting things going on in our lives, one thing happening right after another, that it's hard to remember to pause, take a breath, and give him thanks. Maybe we're ashamed to say his name in public. Or maybe, maybe we don't truly believe that everything we have comes from him. Maybe we think we've earned it. Maybe we think it's ours by right. So no need to give thanks. No need to come back to him. Whatever the reason, we don't want to be like the nine lepers who went on with their life healed, but never came back to Jesus to give him thanks. For lots of people get healed in this world. Lots of people have breath and food and enough money to live off of, to survive. This is common grace. It extends to everyone. But notice what Jesus says to the one who returned. Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I said there was nothing hidden here in the Greek. Well, that wasn't entirely true. The word, the word for rise is the word for resurrection. And the word for made you well, the words for made you well, are literally saved you. I think this is a bad translation. All ten were made well. All ten were healed. But only one was saved that day. And only one heard Jesus tell him to rise. And that was the one who didn't just go back to his life, who didn't just return back to his life as normal. The one who heard Jesus say, rise. The one who heard him say, you are saved. That was the one who came back and gave him thanks. Amen.